Hey friends, welcome to Friday, December the 10th. You have finished another week and you have joined. Thanks for joining me for enough for today. Uh, we have had, I was thinking about this during the opening. We have had a, a heavy week theologically. Boy, if you've tracked along with, with me this week, I mean, we covered ancient history. We covered, uh, we, we covered Old Testament theology and the tabernacle. And we talked about the Ark of the Covenant. We've talked about the priests and what it means to be clothed in righteousness and the saints shouting for joy. We've talked about God's promise to David, the Davidic covenant. My goodness, you've had like an Old Testament survey class this week in 10-minute increments. So um, if you're joining me today out of order, hey, go back to Monday and track along because this is a rich psalm. It's a Christmas psalm. It's a messianic psalm. It points to Jesus not only as the coming baby to be born in a manger, Emmanuel, God with us, but the coming king, uh, the reigning king forever and ever and ever. And it's been a rich week. I hope that you have taken a lot away. The practical takeaways have been uh, verses one through five, David yearning for God to have his rightful place in Israel, in Jerusalem, and in his own life. We talked about giving God his rightful place. And then uh, verses six and forward of the people are responding. Um, they're reminding, well, they're, they're responding saying, yes, we will worship God. We will follow the spiritual leader in, in elevating and magnifying God as the centerpiece of our lives. And we talked about how important it is for us to lead others, our family and others to uh, help to, to make Jesus the center of their lives. Verses 10 9 and 10 we talked about yesterday, um, and what we're going to see today is this is the people responding to the, to, the, um, to the place of worship and prominence of God in Jerusalem, and they're, they're praying to God. They're saying, yes, we will worship God in that place, and then they're, they're reminding God of his promise. And this is where the Christmas application comes, okay, because they are walking in primitive, ancient, fairly dark times. Um, David is a picture of Jesus, but he is, a, he is an insufficient picture of Jesus in the same way that a black and white photograph would be an insufficient representation of your family, okay? Like there's nothing like uh, your family in, in living flesh right there before you, hugging and embracing and in, in, in the presence of these people, taking a one-dimensional or two-dimensional photograph that's not even in color, that's flattened the image and taken the life out. That is, that is a representation of your family, but it is an insufficient representation of your family. And so David was a representation of Jesus, the kingship, um, and the place of Israel in Jerusalem being the, the place where Jesus would reign. But David was an insufficient picture. Uh, he left it wanting. And the people are longing, as we are today. We are all longing for peace. We're longing for a forever kingdom. We're longing for bodies that can't die and can't get sick and can't get old. We're longing for a global rule and reign of God. But not just a God, not just any God, and certainly not a, an impersonal God. No, we're longing for a saving, loving Father, a perfect Father. To, to love us like a dad, like a perfect Father would, and then to lead us in perfect um, peace, globally, cosmically, 
like a perfect king would and to provide for us in love and grace like a perfect savior would. We long, we long for that perfection to swallow us up and wrap us up and hold us forever and ever and ever. And that's why we love Christmas, okay? It's not about the materialism or the commercialism. It's not about the decorations. All of that um, points to something. It points to wonder. It points to awe. It points to joy. It reminds us that there are giant holes in our hearts that only the permanent presence of Jesus in a new heaven, in a new earth, in a forever kingdom, in a new body, with no threat and no vulnerability, perpetual peace, perpetual joy, perpetual love. That's the hope that Christmas holds. And that's the hope that this psalm holds for us, Psalm 132. So the people now, picking up in verse 11, are going to recount to God his promise. And one of the takeaways is that it's always good to remind God of his promises, okay? Not that he can break them, not that he won't fulfill them, but it is good to claim them, okay? And when you remind God, when you hold him to his word, you're essentially claiming that for yourself. And um, that pleases God, and it brings your heart to a good place. So verse 11, the Lord hath sworn in truth unto David, and he will not turn from it. Now, does God need to be reminded of this? Of course not, but we do. This is why holding God to his promise is really all about holding our hearts close to his promise. Holding God to his promise is really about preaching his promise to ourselves, to our own souls. And one of the things we've learned in the Psalms is that it's good for you and me to preach truth to ourselves, okay? And so the people are singing and telling themselves, God has sworn to David, and he will not turn from it. Of the fruit of thy body will I set upon thy throne. Now, there's two senses of this phrase, and it's easy to see right, right before us. And it kind of reminds me of, of Abraham when he, when he said, when Abraham said, Dad, we're going up the mountain Where's the lamb? I see the wood. I see the matches. Where's the lamb? And Abraham gave a vague answer, but a deeply theological, kind of a double meaning answer. The Lord shall provide himself a lamb, is what Abraham said. Okay. And there's a double meaning there. The first is God's going to provide a lamb for himself. Okay. God's going to take care of it. But the second and the more subtle meaning and the more New Testament gospel meaning is God is going to make himself the lamb, okay? The same thing happens in verse 11, and it is beautiful. It is powerful. It's captivating. God says, of the fruit of thy body will I set upon thy throne. So the first sense is, David, I'm going to take a son from your lineage, and I'm going to set him on your throne. But the more subtle, uh, the more messianic, the more... Um, Christ-centered idea is God himself sitting on the throne. Well, how do we know he's saying that? Okay, well, look at what he says in verse 13. The Lord hath chosen Zion. He has desired it for his habitation. This is my rest, God says, forever. Here will I dwell. 
I will abundantly bless her provision. I will satisfy her poor. I will clothe her priests with salvation. Her saints shall show. There will. So God later in the psalm says, yeah, this is going to be me. <laughs> this is what's so beautiful. Okay. David, I'm going to take your son. By the way, David, I'm going to be your son. So it's not just your son sitting on the throne. It is your God sitting on the throne. David knew this. Jesus said David knew this. David said, thy throne, O God. Okay. Um, So David understood what I'm sharing with you today. This is a Christmas prophecy. And it is as true for you and as hopeful for you as it was for the people of ancient Israel. They were desperate and longing for peace, for safety, for protection, for provision. They were longing for a perfect king and a forever king. They were longing for a rest that would not be disrupted. And God says, yes, this is going to be my rest. We're going to study that on a Sunday morning as well. This is going to be my rest forever. I will sit on this throne. I will be your king and your God. I will take care of all of your needs forever. Oh, my friend, this is, this is wonderful. This is hopeful. And I don't know what you're facing today, but this should bring hope to your life. This is what we celebrate. This is what we look forward to every day. We're holding our breath, looking forward to the return of our King who will reign forever. And it's a true promise, so you can hold on to it. Hey, join us Sunday for the Christmas Oracles. If you enjoyed today, you're going to love Sunday. See you there, and if not, I'll see you on Monday.